Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Aaron Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast. My podcast about immigrants, immigration, and everything in between. August is coming to an end, but we're still out here slinging stories of amazing immigrants. Thank you for joining me every week. And if you want more content about this episode, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at An Immigrant's Life. You can listen to the podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. For the Apple listeners, I'd appreciate if you could give the podcast a 5-star rating as well as a short and positive review. It'll take only a few seconds from you, but I will cherish it forever. Now, let's talk about the episode. This week's guest is like a beautiful lotus flower. She came to this world as a meek little flower bud until she realizes that to enable to bloom into a beautiful lotus flower, she will need to accept what the universe has to offer her. I really enjoyed recording this episode and I cannot wait for you to listen to it. So without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa, dalawa, tatlo. Today's guest is a content creator an immigrant guidance, and a social media sweetheart. She's sweet as a candy and as fresh as a mint. Everyone, please welcome Minat Shah. Oh my God, thank you so much. Um, I think uh, that was one of the sweetest introductions I've ever heard about myself. Thank you so much. You deserve it. (laughs) First of all, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you. Would you like to introduce yourself or promote anything? Uh, so as far as my introduction goes, my name is Mannat. I live in Toronto and I'm originally from India. I moved to Canada in 2018 towards the end. And by the end of this year, it would be three years in Canada. So yeah, I'm enjoying pretty much my new life in Canada creating social media content part-time and also working full-time with one of the big six banks. So pretty much that's about it. Awesome. You're working for a bank. What do you do for a living? So I work to um, assist the investment advisor in managing portfolios of high net worth clients. Hmm. So basically I work uh, for managing the investment portfolios the trading of securities. And I recently applied for my license, Mm -hmm. trading license. So I think um, that's something I wanted to uh, do when I moved to Canada. Okay. Oh, so you planned it? Yes, I did. Uh, Actually, I did my own research. Uh, Back in India, I didn't have this background. I was in the accounting field. After moving here, I did some research and... I secured an internship in the same field. And then I uh, started um, loving my work. So I did uh, some certifications for it. And um, now I applied my license. That's awesome, man. Good luck. And I'm sure you're going to crush it. Thank you so much. All right. So as always, I like starting from the start. And you mentioned you were from India. Which part of India were you from? I am from Vadodara. It's a city in the state of Gujarat. And our Prime Minister of India, Mr. Narendra Modi, he is from Gujarat. 
Really? I, I have a few friends that's from Gujarat. Oh. Apparently, you guys are the funny ones, eh? Yeah, we are funny and we are sweet. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my friends told me. I'm like, I don't understand the language, obviously, but I bet. So you grew up in uh, Gujarat? Yes, I did. Actually, I was uh, born in a different state in India. I was uh, born in Maharashtra, in the city of Mumbai, mm. which is pretty much like Toronto. It has the cosmopolitan vibe. And then uh, my childhood uh, was in Vadodara. I grew up in Vadodara. Mm. Where did you guys move? Uh, when I was a little young, that's when we moved. Yeah, why? Uh because my dad's from Vadodara and my mom's from Mumbai. So in India, uh, what happens is um, like the baby gets delivered in the hometown, uh, hometown of the mom. Oh, yeah, that's how it is? Yes. Uh, things are changing now. Mm-hmm. But previously, uh, it was, I would say, unwritten tradition. Yeah, I like the tradition, to be honest. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So... Describe your childhood to us. Um, well, the thing is, uh, I was a very silent child, I think. Um, that's what my mom and dad told me. <laughs> I don't remember much of it, but um, I didn't have any siblings. I mean, I don't have any siblings. So <laughs> I was, uh, I was uh, not very talkative. Um, but uh, yeah, I did make quite a few friends and I'm, I'm still in touch with uh, some of those. Over a period of time, I'm still, uh, I think I will be in touch with them. What do you mean, I think? Because when you change countries, it gets a little difficult to be in uh, touch, keeping in mind uh, the time zones. And I'm still trying, even they are trying to be in uh, contact, but it gets a little difficult. So that's why I said, I think I'll be in touch. Yeah. I look at it like you're a tree, that you guys are like growing together. And then when you one of them you move or a few of them moves, it branches out. You guys still are in the same uh, same tree, but you guys are branching out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but uh, I think I'm lucky because I have uh, some of my friends here also who were my friends when I was in India. Oh, so, sweet! Yeah, saved me from making uh, new friends. <laughs> Yeah, the hard part. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit uh, it's a bit difficult to make friends in a new country. It's not yes. uh, as easy as it looks. Yeah, you're right. Especially as you said, you were an introvert. I was. Now okay. I'm not. I was as a child. I was introvert. Okay, what changed? Uh, I think uh, as I grew up uh, and I started making friends, I think they really helped me open up. And then um, thanks to my husband, who also has many, many friends. <laughs> <laughs> we have quite a large group of friends now. Mm-hmm. So I think that pretty much changed everything about me. And okay. um, I'm also a social media content creator now. So mm-hmm. I don't think I'm introvert anymore. That's amazing. I love that. I love that you said that your husband is uh, the extrovert one because we need those, you know, as an intro- me and myself as an introvert, I'm, I'm more in the middle, you know, like I could, I prefer to be alone, but if there's a party, trust me, I'll be in the front, you know, but I love meeting extroverts because 
it like you said, it makes it easier to make new friends because that guy will introduce or that person will introduce you to different people, right? Yes, exactly. That's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> And it's the best. It's your husband. You know, it's easier. Yeah. What do you do for fun in uh, in Gujarat? Um, for fun, we used to play cards. <laughs> What kind of cards? Uh, those are known as playing cards, and um, we we have family reunions. We have actually uh, quite big extended families, and on weekends we used to meet uh, at somebody's home and um, used to have fun, travel. That's about it. Yeah, but you as a per- like as a child growing up, did you used to go out and do like I don't know, climb trees and whatever? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Like I said, I was a very obedient child. So if my mom used to tell me sit, then I I I used to sit. That's <laughs> yeah. how I was. So yeah, I I was very um talent like that. Okay. But when you were in high school or in college, is that when you kind of like bloomed and become more outgoing and, you know, or it's still the same Minat? No, no, uh, I, I'm not same. I don't think I'm same at all, rather. Uh, I think I've uh, become more adventurous as a person, like fun-loving person um, mm. as the years pass by. Like right now, we went for skydiving. I think that was one of the most thrilling experiences I've had in my life. Yeah. So I've become that person who can taste or take risks, who is willing to take risks just for fun. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> good job. And I saw that and I'm like, you're crazy. But for <laughs> me, I, that's one thing I'll never do. My, my wife did it when she was younger. I would never do it. Oh my god! Why wouldn't you do skydiving? Because I'm not crazy like you. That's why. <laughs> no way, man! Like you know what? It was uh, pretty scary at first because um, we had to jump from about more over twelve thousand feet right from an airplane, and it was a free fall for about a minute, mm-hmm. a minute long. Uh, but then I thought, why not? Because um, I asked them a lot of questions. Uh, so I I went to skydive Ontario, and I asked them a lot of questions related to safety. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> they they have a backup uh, parachute. I even asked that question: What if the parachute doesn't open? What are we supposed to do? And they were so patient. I really, really have to thank them because uh, it has turned out to be the most incredible experiences. When you are in the sky, it's it, it feels like you're flying. You it are flying, so essentially. Yeah, it feels so different. No, I'm good. Thank you. Listen, <laughs> I take four steps on stairs and I look down. I'm scared already. Imagine a skydiving. <laughs> I'm good. That's one thing I'll never do. That bungee jumping, I'm good. Okay. Have you done bungee jumping? No, but uh, maybe going forward, I wanted to try different um, adventure sports. So bungee jumping is one of them. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, for me, is like you jump off of a plane already. What's what's the difference between bungee jumping? 
because uh, from plane i jumped with an instructor mm-hmm. for bungee jumping i will have to jump alone that would be the biggest change I, that's I the difference yeah but have you been thinking of going back and jumping off a plane by yourself um i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> Because I w- I would be like, what if I am not able to open the parachute now? But you need training. You cannot get trained. Yeah, but um, I don't think I have the patience to get the training. I would rather do some other adventure sport. <laughs> That's funny, man. <laughs> Let's. I have a question for you. Growing up in India, which is a patriarchal society. and you being a strong independent woman as you said was it difficult for you growing up in india and to show your colors as they say um not at all because uh, um even though india uh, is a, i mean has a, a patriarchal society but uh, my family believes in equality and that's what they instilled in me ever since i was a child and since i said that i don't have any siblings so uh, basically i was the male child and the female child both for my parents i still <laughs> am <laughs> so uh, it wasn't uh, very difficult growing up but i've seen uh, people uh, following the patriarchal rules yeah i love that you said the um... you're the the son and the daughter for your parents yes is that a normal thing in india for like first of all I, let me just comment that you're a one child which is so rare in india right yes it is rare was that a planned uh yes it was planned because uh my parents believe that i mean they they are not like very rich uh so they they thought that uh, if we have two kids then uh, they they might not be able to provide the best of everything to both the kids so they wanted to provide me the best say <laughs> they they planned to have only one child they only have one like okay that's enough and then you stop them from having another child because you want everything right no no <laughs> that's actually uh, pretty much the opposite of it i always wanted to have a sibling yeah and how do you feel that you'd never had a sibling I feel I feel bad about it. Yeah. I I always thought if I would have a sibling um that would have helped me I mean so much in in a certain way during my childhood I think I would uh, have been more open uh on communication front. And uh, I think um the fun part is also there when you have a sibling there's a fun element to it. Well, if you get along yeah even if you don't get along i think you can always bully your sibling or you can fight <laughs> with them <laughs> <It's>, you know, <laughs> yeah i guess so eh? well depends if you're the oldest or you're the youngest you know but in your situation obviously you're going to be the eldest yeah i would have been uh, the eldest if i had a sibling mm-hmm. let's stick with uh, the indian culture because i'm really fascinated with it What's your opinion about the cultural appropriation of the Holi festival? Does it bother you or do you celebrate it? 
I love uh, Holi. Uh, rather, the second day of Holi is known as Dulati. It's a festival of colors. You literally um, throw colors at each other. That's mm. how you celebrate uh, Dulati. And uh, I feel since it's very colorful and very vibrant, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and, you know how the West. I don't know if you have seen, but the Western culture have been using that idea of like throwing colors, especially in marathons or something like that. How do you feel about that? I think that's fine because um, uh, if you think of world as a global village, it's always a good idea to uh, take the best part from each other's culture. That's how you get along. Mm-hmm. My girl, I like that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and it's it's different, like you said, like different ideas, and then you choose the best ideas and then make it improved it. You know. Yeah. Hmm. So, what do you miss about India? I miss my family the most. Mm. I've been seeing them in three years, and three it's years. not easy. Yeah, because uh, ever since I was born, I've been living with them. Mm. Until the day I moved to Canada. What? How did that go down? Like, did you go to your parents and say, your mom, dad, I'm bouncing, I'm moving to Canada? No. My husband lived here. So mm. that's why uh, I had to move here. You don't have to move it, but you move anyway. <laughs> uh, so you know what? That's again uh, a cultural thing. Okay. So in India, a girl always moves and starts living with the husband and his family. Mm, okay. So even if you are living in India and you are in different cities, the girl uh, goes to the and starts living in the as a husband's house. Mm-hmm. Things are changing now, uh, but still, a lot of people practice this tradition. Majority of them. Yeah. Um, how did you meet your husband? It was an arranged marriage. Uh, I'm not sure if you have an idea about what an arranged marriage mm-hmm. is. So uh, in India, we have a system uh, through which both the families arrange a meeting for uh, the girl and the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would be shocking, but I didn't actually uh, meet my husband in person until the point we were engaged to be married. No he way. was in Canada all that time and I was in India. Okay. So uh, we met online. Because mm-hmm. uh, actually we have a mutual relative who introduced us. And uh, then we just uh, chatted online and uh, like had conversations over phone and stuff. And um, he was pretty convinced that I could, I mean, he he saw me as his life partner. Mm. And I took my little time and then I was like, okay, the guy seems decent. I would just say yes. Mm. So it was pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a uh, in a span of one month, we were married. One month? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he came to India to get married to me. Mm-hmm. We started uh, talking towards the end of uh, October 2017. And in November, we were married. Wow. That was quick, man. But let's say... You were talking, you were chatting, getting to know each other. And you're like, this guy, I don't like this guy. 
could you have backed out or you're like the family like no no you're taking this guy no no i could have backed out mm. that way uh, my family had left the decision on me it was uh, i mean they were like it's your life and you have to decide if you can uh, spend the rest of your life with this guy or not if you like his family or not mm. is that really an arranged marriage it is pretty much real my mom and dad had an arranged marriage my husband's parents they also had an arranged marriage oh. no i mean your situation it wasn't really an arranged marriage because you had a decision you could have backed out if you wanted to it's not like your family forced you to marry your husband so in arranged marriages the families don't force you to get married mm. to a specific uh, i mean they just introduce you uh, and actually you have uh, the liberty to yourself you can meet a couple of guys like different guys if you're not uh, really sure if you want to get married to that person or not but it uh, happens in a very formal uh, manner mm-hmm. in the west they call it tinder <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, in case of tinder you're you don't know each other's family mm-hmm. i know right I, you I only actually, know the person yeah i actually have uh, conversed about uh, arranged marriage on a different episode that i said to myself when i was growing up you know being you know not knowing anything about arranged marriage i said no i want to choose the person i'm going to marry right and then i got older and I, and then i saw this documentary about this two uh, a couple from india that they were arranged marriage and they're saying that you know it was good because i didn't have to go around and look for this guy or this woman like my family knows this family which is a good family and then i met this dude he's a good dude she's a good person let's get it you know and i said to myself like i wish i was arranged marriage you know what i mean like i didn't have to go around bars or clubs and looking for this person i mean i'm married now but you know what i mean like it was it was been it's like having a tinder but in a very cash not what do you say like formal way yeah yeah i agree uh, you know what it might uh, sound contradicting but uh, when i was in college uh, i was so into bollywood uh, movies like i used to watch so many movies that and all bollywood movies are uh, have i mean uh, they are all romantic movies oh hell yeah and uh, yeah and uh, once you you know start watching those kind of movies you'll be like uh, one day somebody will just you know prince charming would walk into your life and then uh, you'll uh, have a happily ever after with that person and all sort of uh, you know whims it instills whims in you basically and i was like i also want to do love marriage i'm going to uh, find my partner by myself and uh, it was kind of funny cuz i didn't have a boyfriend at that point like i never had and i never really had a boyfriend so i i told this thing to my husband and he he laughed like anything so he said that you didn't have a boyfriend but you wanted to do love marriage and then you ended up uh doing an arranged marriage <laughs> oh is that what you call it love marriage yeah 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 oh. so if you choose your partner by yourself it would be love marriage and if your family um, introduces you to the person it would be arranged marriage 
it's kind of weird but that's how it is yeah it's weird like you know like with your husband you know you end up loving him right like liking him that's a love no no because we met through the families we we didn't know each other before love happened after the marriage mm-hmm. we just knew we were acquainted to each other but we didn't really love each other until we got to know each other better mm-hmm. in india is there like um prejudice towards like arranged marriage or love marriage like oh this are love marriage you know this guy sucks or you know what i mean um actually if you would have asked me this question maybe a decade before my answer would have been different because mm. things were pretty different back then now everybody is uh, i mean becoming more liberal and they are trying to um, adapt to the new trends and um, there are more love marriages uh, there are arranged marriages also but people are becoming more open uh, towards uh, love marriage too i love i love the term love marriage <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome so that's basically you love i mean you get married to somebody you love mm, you already yeah, know that it. person and but yeah. okay i don't know how conservative india is towards that like in the philippines is how we do, we do it like let's say me a single person i see a woman and like you know do my thing you know like hey make my moves whatever we go out it's like western it's like a western culture you know and then we end up getting married How, let's say i'm an indian man i'm i see a woman like oh i like this this chiquita how would i approach her like do i approach the family how does it work so uh, things are pretty different now like i said you can just uh, walk up to that girl and approach uh, like normally you can start by introducing yourself because mm-hmm. uh, even uh, our generation it's becoming more um open towards uh, the love marriage now okay so it's no longer the same it's no longer like i mean the love marriage is no lo- longer a taboo mm, okay oh wait love marriage is the taboo was it was uh, you oh, know no what? way uh, it was a kind of taboo kind of taboo uh, my grandmother's sister she loved somebody and uh, she had to uh like go away i mean run away with that person because the family wasn't um, accepting the guy <laughs> it yeah. has happened in the past i'm talking about you know uh, 50 to 60 years back maybe mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. was like that that's crazy man like i yeah. said like love marriage is cool and everything <clears throat> excuse me but you know arranged marriage would have been more easier because you know You know, when we were growing up, like you said, you were you're watching Bollywood and all that stuff, right? You were like, "Oh, I want to see Prince Charming. I want to meet Prince Charming." Then you realize, you're once you get married with Prince Charming, it's not just Prince Charming. You got to get married to the family. Exactly, that's so different. I mean, you don't get married to one person. You have to live with the entire family. Mm-hmm. So you have to actually uh, figure out before getting married if you will be able to uh, adjust in the family. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So your husband went back to India to marry you, right? Yes. The first time you saw him, what was your reaction? Um, actually, uh, he came earlier than what he told me. Look at this uh, guy, Romeo over here. 
<laughs> yeah and um, i was uh, just sitting casually in my nightdress and uh, i was applying hair oil and i was uh, looking my best that's what i can tell you and yet <laughs> and yet uh, he looked at me like i was the most beautiful uh, girl for him and mm. um that is what impressed me the most that this person can love me at my worst mm-hmm. of course that's awesome how old was he when you guys got married he was uh 27 and you 25 close enough <laughs> yeah but uh, like uh, a lot of people like a lot of uh, girls especially get married at an early age in india Yeah. Like uh in their early 20s. Okay, yeah. Same here in the Philippines. It's uh, it, it was an issue. Now slowly with education and you know with focusing on more careers, people are like, oh, you know what? No, I don't want to get married now. I want to, you know, focus on my career or have kids later, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's how uh, things are working in India right now. Like things are changing rather. everybody is uh, getting more focused like being more focused to us career mm-hmm. and so the personal life is uh, taking a bit of backtrack awesome. side track rather yeah you know so you guys got married he i'm assuming he went back to canada you waited what a year for you to come yes. here yes yes <laughs> actually i came here exactly one year after we got married it was uh our anniversary that month oh. and at that time i landed in canada that's amazing so basically we had a long distance uh, relationship after the marriage mm-hmm. it was a courtship after marriage <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome must be difficult it was very difficult but um, he was a pr and uh, my process for pr was going on so i couldn't come and uh, i i didn't know that it was going to get i mean take this long otherwise we could have applied for my visitors visa and i could have uh, come on a visitors visa mm. so while you're waiting for you to go to canada were you like researching about canada and all that stuff Yeah, I was doing my research uh, about Canada. Um I started to learn French. Um I I started to learn driving. I didn't know how to drive a car. Mm-hmm. I still don't have a full G license. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I I did um, the things that could help me survive in Canada and mm-hmm. uh, live a better life here. Yeah. Were you excited? I was so uh, excited and I was sad also because I had to sa- start from a scratch. I had to mm-hmm. le- uh, le- uh, leave my family behind, mm-hmm. and uh, it was like starting life uh, from zero, level zero, adjusting. I mean, I had heard pretty scary things about the Canadian winters. So <laughs> you're you're in Toronto. You're good. Don't worry. You're not in Quebec. You know what? Uh, in twenty. 20- 18 and early 2019 uh, when i landed like uh, we had i think maybe four or five storm days like snowstorm here so toronto storm not quebec storm yeah yeah <laughs> that's right so did you have a career in india before you move here 
uh yes i was uh, since i mentioned uh like at the beginning i mm-hmm. was in the accounting field mm-hmm. that must have sucked that you have to go back to zero while you're established there yeah it was but uh i think uh like from based on my indian experience uh it helped me to get my internship over here i i did actually enroll for a program which is mm-hmm. only for a uh, permanent residents and it's funded by the canadian government mm-hmm. and uh like through that program you're uh, actually allowed to work uh, as a co-op student uh at any company of your choice what do you based mean based on your uh, based on your prior work experience so like let's see uh, let's say if i had experience back in accounting i could select a company here in toronto where i can work as a co-op student mm-hmm. it was like a like a practical uh, approach okay for How- uh, my life in canada work experience in canada rather how did you know about this program so one of uh, my husband's friend uh, got his permanent uh, position first uh, job due to this program mm. and uh, he recommended me this program oh okay so when you arrive in canada how did you feel like when you see the buildings it looks different weather is obviously different how did you feel what was your reaction oh uh, yeah there are a lot of uh, skyscrapers here which is different than uh, back in india um and the weather also weather is drastically different in india we have tropical weather and here the winters are not not very good but they are tolerable if you wear the right winter gear mm-hmm. uh, as as you uh, live through one or two winters you are good to go <laughs> listen no i don't believe that i've been living in canada more than 10 years and i'm still not good to go okay you're not no oh my god okay listen don't judge me first of all you're in toronto Okay, I'm in Quebec. Have you been oh, in Quebec? Oh, okay, <laughs> that's why. Yeah, I mean it's not Manitoba or Winnipeg, but we get minus forty-five wind chill here. Oh my God. Yeah, you know, while snow is dumping on your head. That's a bad weather. Oh, it's terrible. But you know, I, I always say I have a mantra that I always say that it's either this or starvation. I always choose this. I promise you. <laughs> uh you know what my husband uh, has been here since uh, more than 10 years and mm-hmm. he has lived in different provinces and mm-hmm. now he's used to the alberta winters also that's good so so the ontario winter doesn't feel like winter to him oh yeah that's awesome yeah i'm sure it's like This you guys talking about this is winter this is not winter this is <laughs> this is almost summer you know <laughs> I try to stay positive about it though you know like people says like oh in Quebec you only have like two months of summer and I always say no for me as soon as the snow is melted that's summer for me Yeah you have to make the most of it most of the time that you get 
Exactly, you know. So when you arrive in Canada, you have your husband with you, which is amazing. You have someone with you. You mentioned earlier that you have friends that moved to Toronto. Did they move first or you moved first? Uh, I had only one friend at that point, uh, like who was my friend before, like from India. But my husband had a large group of friends already. He mm-hmm. had quite a few friends and uh, they became my friends. That's awesome. So I didn't really uh, had to make any extra effort to make new friends because his friends were my friends, are still my friends. Mm-hmm. Are they a mixed bag or it's like all Indians? <laughs> They're all Indians. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, um, ever since I moved here, I always wanted to make a non-Indian friend. Awesome. I, I, I don't have a non-Indian friend. I have acquaintances, but not friends. You need to reach out. It's hard. It's difficult. It's one of the things, like you said earlier, like it's one of the things that they don't talk about on like books or anything. Like It's really hard to make f- new friends that are not your kind. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I think um, since I didn't study here, I didn't do a, like a full time program. I didn't get a, an opportunity to meet new people because mm. at work you have associates. You don't have friends at work, right? Yeah. And I met maximum people at work, and not everybody um likes to make friends at work. Because yeah. here I feel the culture is all about, the work culture is all about making um, amicable associates. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can like to work with them, but um, you generally don't hang out with them. Well, until you have been in the company for like a brief period of time. Yeah, I agree with that. But you know what? No, most actually most of my friends are from work, but it's like my previous work. I collected them through that. Oh, and uh, they are from different countries? Yeah, that's one thing I made sure. Oh, wow, that's amazing. I want to work at such a place. <laughs> no, you just have to try, to be honest. Like, you just have to try. You ask them, like, hey, you want to do something this weekend? That's how it starts. Because you don't know. Because maybe they're thinking, like, oh, maybe Minat doesn't like me. Maybe she doesn't want to hang out with me, even though they want to hang out with you. That's how I think before, you know, like the like my oldest friend here in Canada, like she's my first one. She's from uh, St. Vincent. You know where St. Vincent is? No. It's in uh, it's in the Caribbean. Okay. Okay. She's my oldest friend. I want to get rid of her, but she keeps on sticking. <laughs> <laughs> so her and then through, you know, changing jobs and whatnot, uh, that's when I have started having friends, you know, you just have to reach out. You just have to like say, hey, you want to hang out? Because I I feel like sometimes we get into this groove of like, oh, I'm going to make friends with Indians or Filipinos because it's easier, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, it takes a lot of effort to move out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, but the thing is, you know, uh, at my first workplace in uh, Canada, I met a lot of uh, people from Philippines and uh, we we did have a good, uh, like a cordial uh, relationship at that point. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I left the job, we, we are no longer in touch. 
तो लाइक टू बी फ्रेंड्स विद समबडी यू हैव टू बी इन कांटेक्ट इवन व्हेन यू आर नॉट वर्किंग टुगेदर दैट इज व्हाट आई थिंक इज मिसिंग दैट्स द दैट्स द ह्यूज डिफरेंस बिटवीन एन एसोसिएट एंड अ फ्रेंड आई लव हाउ यू से एसोसिएट आई कॉल इट वर्क फ्रेंड्स work friends yeah. oh that's a cool term yeah cuz it's like they're your friends at work outside you're not friends yeah you know? actually i i never really heard of this term but i think it's really cool work friends then you convert that work friend to a actual friend yeah that's what i did like i used to have work friends and then i and then i'll say okay you, hey you get you want to go out and grab a beer or whatever and then you do that plenty of times then they'll be like you know what me not she's cool i think i'm going to try it soon at my new workplace good man um you should because i feel like you to really appreciate the culture here is you really actually have to meet friends that are different culture yeah just like reach out and just do it more often till they realize oh you know what me not is cool i want to be friends with her yeah i'm going to try that soon uh and anyway through social media i am able to have a conversation with the people from different parts of the world so and who are living here in toronto so uh actually i was planning to meet a couple of them but due to covid mm. everything got cancelled god damn covid eh <laughs> so i read somewhere that you started your instagram account um that actually you didn't mention your instagram account you want to promote it you want to say it yeah uh, so my instagram handle is mint in canada and uh, i create content of related to travel and uh, content which can be helpful for new immigrants in canada uh so when i uh, landed in canada i did have my husband but uh, i thought of people who don't have uh, really anybody to guide them and it's it's not easy to start life in a new country so i mm. thought why not uh, i should make content which can be helpful for new immigrants and that's how i started uh, making um immigrant friendly content mm. but did you have the account in india before or you started here in canada uh i started it in canada i did have an instagram account in back in india but that was like a private account mm. and it's still alive or you just like trash that no no i i still have it okay that's good yeah that's only for uh, friends and family <laughs> <laughs> yeah by the way for for the listeners you guys got to check out mint in canada cuz it's amazing i love her videos I love her stories. I love her silly dances that she does there. I don't know what you call it. And then you just point up <laughs> words. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm glad that you like it. Yeah, and it's very helpful, you know. It's not like sometimes you post something like that's possible. You can do that. <laughs> you know like something that like, "Oh, do you know how to go to Canada through this pathway?" And then you'll post something like that's possible. I didn't even know cuz I'm not going to lie. It was easy for me to come to Canada because my mom was here. She supported us. I came here instantly. I was PR. Okay. It's not like that now that, since I started the podcast, I'm like learning that there are different ways and it's hard to get here. And me I'm a spoiled brat. 
like thinking like it's easy to move to Canada. But then I'll meet these people. I'm like, no, it's not easy to move to Canada. It's difficult. You know what, Darren? Uh, ever since I've started creating content for immigrants, I've been getting so many messages uh, from people in India. And not only India. I would say different countries mm-hmm. uh, like UAE. I got the, somebody's message from USA. And then uh, there was... Uh, I mean, uh, inshallah, a lot of uh, different countries and everybody right now wants to move to Canada. Mm-hmm. Well, it's amazing. Because uh, it's it's uh, it's very immigrant-friendly country. So maybe that's the reason. And you can even become a citizen here in only a few years. Mm-hmm. So I think that makes uh, Canada everybody's hot favorite. Well, you know, it's pretty awesome too, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. So let's talk about your uh, Instagram account. I saw that you have partnered with some products. Can you explain how does work? Like, do they approach you or you approach them? How does it work? Uh, so when I started uh, creating content, I didn't really have any idea of uh, how things work. I didn't have anybody to guide me for that. I didn't have any friend or acquaintance who was a social media creator. Mm. So I just uh, started to research on my own. And uh, I started with this amazing app known as Influencer. They used to uh, send me products and um, which I used to try and I I used to give my honest reviews. And that's how uh, various brands started noticing my work. I used, uh, and then I started uh, approaching brands myself. Hmm. I used to uh, pitch them, saying that uh, I'm, I'm I create social media content, and if they would be interested in um, working with me, and uh, that's how it goes now. Sometimes I approach the brands. Some some brands approach me. Mm-hmm. So oh yeah, that's about it. You said the app influencer, influencer. Oh, influencer. T E R. Okay, yeah. so you get on this, you log in. Is it for free or? That's for uh, free. So if uh, any of you who are listening right now, if any of you are budding content creators, just uh, you have to make that uh, make your account on influencer. And uh, they'll send you products to try for free. And you just have to post your honest reviews about it on your social media platforms. Okay. But would they ask you, like, how many followers do you have? Yes. uh, I think they did ask. But uh, you don't need to really have a lot of followers for that. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So... Your Instagram account, like I said, has grown exponentially fast. I mean, one time I check you, you're like like 6,000. The next minute it's like 7,000, right? Is that because yes. of your research? You Do you have a hang on the Instagram algorithm? Uh, I think uh, so past uh, one year, like in 2020, I was growing steadily. It wasn't very, uh, like, there wasn't much difference, I would say. It was growing steadily, slow mm-hmm. and steady. But in 2021, ever since Reels came out, I felt that 
my content started going viral mm. and uh, ever since i started creating content specifically on travel and immigration that uh, gave it a really good boost really yeah wow. and uh, so if any of you is budding content creator one tip would be following the trends whenever you uh, feel that this music is trending use that music on your reels mm. and uh, yeah mainly uh, i think music really helps okay yeah because they're feeding you to use that music the algorithms feeding you to use the music and you use it and like you know what i like this person because it uses the music and then it will introduce your account to different people yes exactly you get a better reach because uh, if there are some trending songs it will be promoted by instagram it mm. would be showing on the explore page once your profile is noticed on explore page i think that's a pretty good chance of uh, getting viral wow what's the most viral video you have or reel uh i think one reel of mine reached a million million views that is crazy and i i didn't imagine that it would uh, perform this well mm. is that the one that the street is like split into like uh, us and canada yes 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 i like that one that that's one cool. yeah that's but really good. I, i i when i made it i was like this is pretty cool but i didn't imagine that it would hit a million views it's always like that even with my uh, even with my uh, episodes sometimes i'm like okay this is an okay episode i'm just going to put it out you know and then they'm like what is going on here you know <laughs> or like uh, yeah. i have an account for photography and i said okay this is an okay picture you know i'll post it and i'm like then like let's say recently a uh, giant bicycle uh, i posted a picture of my bike which is a giant brand and they used that picture on their instagram account oh my god that's amazing i don't know what's amazing it's not a million views but it's okay i guess but that's pretty amazing if your work gets noticed by a brand that's a pretty big deal thank you i appreciate that yeah um actually i like uh, felt that uh the more relatable a piece of content is the better chance of it uh, getting viral is mm. if somebody can relate to your content i think uh, that's when it gets viral okay so i think we're getting there but i have a few questions to ask so you're such a lovable person do you still receive hate on social media and how do you deal with it uh i did receive a couple of hate messages but they are pretty less if i compare it com- compare it with the love the amount of love that i'm getting what kind so of hate getting, you get uh i i can't uh, really um, disclose that cuz mm-hmm. uh, i i don't think that person even uh, uh took effort to see what type of content i was creating mm-hmm. I think that person was uh, pretty depressed while writing the messages. Because <laughs> uh, that person, he or she, I think it must be a he. Because the mm-hmm. uh, girls don't usually use those kind of words that mm-hmm. uh, were written in that message. And uh, the message was, I mean, it only had bad words. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's about it. Does it bother you though? 
not really cuz uh, if it's constructive criticism then i'm happy to get it cuz um, i think that really helps me to plan my content like future content accordingly mm. but if it's only hatred like meaningless hatred i would pretty much uh, delete that message or maybe if um, that person is following me i would remove uh, him or i mean him or her as uh, from the followers list mm okay but if i get 99 good messages then i would say i get only one bad message mm-hmm. it's that uh, um i mean that's the difference that's the ratio that's the ratio rather yeah mm. so do you plan the like what you're going to post like and who plans it do you plan it and who helps you post it or shoot it my husband <laughs> does he want to help you or is he forcing to help you sometimes he wants to help me and sometimes i have to force him to help me <laughs> he has to do it anyway yeah i know no choice you got to do it no choice he he <laughs> has no choice cuz uh, you know sometimes uh, i do get paid partnership with brands and i have a deadline for it so okay. even if my husband doesn't want to do it he has to do it anyway it's <laughs> <laughs> funny that's the best part of uh, being married mm. the other person has to do it for you i guess so right <laughs> what speaking of pose one of my favorite pose of you is you were wearing this like indian garb it beautiful i think it was purple or something and it was winter and you're like scaling this like uphill thing i'm like yo dude be careful you're going to slip and you yeah, actually show the bloopers which yeah, is amazing and i read that you used to detest wearing traditional indian garb yes what changed uh so i didn't used to wear um indian outfits like more often when i was in india mm. i think i took it for granted or what not i am not sure but uh, i didn't really like wearing indian outfits while i was living in india but uh, i think when i moved to canada i started to miss my home country and uh, i felt more proud and more inclined towards my culture um and i started valuing it even more and yeah. when i wore indian outfits here everyone like people around me rather they were like oh this is so pretty and uh, once i was uh, shooting near a castle and a little boy just approached to me and said i mean he thought that i was a princess living in that in that castle <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome so the indian outfits outfits i feel are very uh, royal mm. so maybe that was the reason uh people uh, here are um very fond of indian outfits or maybe the cultural outfits yeah oh, it's beautiful yeah what do you call it the uh, garb uh, what i was wearing uh, on the eyes it was known as it's known as lehenga lehenga choli mm-hmm. lehenga is the bottom skirt the flowy skirt thing and uh, the the uh, top is known as the blouse it's known as choli choli and uh, my my cousin one of my cousins is a fashion designer and she has designed that outfit really well yes promote it promote the your cousin she is already very famous is she? her brand is her label is known as fire and zinal 
and it's it it already has um, i think i don't know how many followers she has at this point but it's definitely more than um tens of thousands wow she's in india or she's here she is in india oh so so she had to send that to you the dress no actually i got it designed uh, for one of my wedding functions oh, and nice. i got it with me when i came here awesome so with all the success that you're having what is the thing you are proudest of so far and why the thing that makes me um, feel proud about myself is that um, i've started taking life um, how it goes like how it whatever life throws at me i'm willing to accept it i've become more uh, dynamic than i was before and um, i feel that my risk taking ability has also uh, shooted up <laughs> oh yeah you just off of a plane yes uh, and i think uh, when i moved to canada after that i've become more independent than i mm-hmm. was before in india okay. financially also i've mm-hmm. become much more independent and um, um i think i've become independent in a way that i've started doing my every, like everything related to me i'm doing it by myself in india we had house help <laughs> yeah so now we have to do all the work by ourselves be it cooking be it laundry groceries everything you have to work full time mm-hmm. that's awesome i think we're there but before we close out do you have any last remarks um so for those who are wanting to move to canada please follow me don't hesitate reach out to me shoot out your questions and uh, you have to follow aaron also ah thank you 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 have to be on his podcast <laughs> and you have to talk to him he's such a such an amazing person i don't know about that yes you are because you made me feel so comfortable it's oh, my yeah. first podcast ever Mm-hmm. and i was pretty nervous before this cuz uh, i have I haven't really um gave an interview before so mm. it's very different to be on the other side mm thank you it's different than posting uh like uh pictures and videos on instagram mm mm-hmm. that's awesome again thank you mina for coming on the podcast i really do appreciate it. it's been fun thank you aron pleasure's mine thank you bye bye Again, Minat, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you listeners for listening. This is Erin Deliosa for an Immigrant's Life. I'll see you guys later.